0: Welcome to C-Session. I'm your host, Randy Broad. Our mission is to improve communication on both sides of the stethoscope in healthcare. And today, my guest, the esteemed Dr. Jing Zhang. She's the director at SCCA Proton Therapy Center here in Seattle. She's also an associate professor in the Department of Radiation Oncology at the University of Washington School of Medicine. Thank you for being here. It's a pleasure to be here. We are going to be talking about proton therapy, and I want to give a little bit of backstory on it because as a stage three non-small cell lung cancer patient, I only learned about proton therapy about two years ago, and it was completely by accident. I was at a local ASCO meeting, and they had an expo hall and I was walking down in the aisle, and lo and behold, there was Seattle Proton Therapy Booth. <laughs> and this lovely woman, Meredith, reaches out and goes, do you know about proton therapy? I said, I've never heard of it in my life. Can you please share what it is? So she did, and she invited me up to their facility up at Northwestern Hospital. I got a tour, and I was there while they were graduating patients. which I had never, ever seen ever anything like that in my life. I've been pretty focused on advocacy for quite a few years. Mm -hmm. I'm not the only cancer patient that does not know what proton therapy is.
1: I'm confident you are correct, yes. What is proton therapy? And I'll try not to bore you with too much physics. But proton therapy, it's a form of radiation treatment, but it uses a different kind of particle than the vast majority of the radiation treatments that are out there. Most of the radiation treatments that are being given in this country and around the world are what we call x-ray-based or photon-based radiation. Proton therapy uses a different particle. It's actually a positively charged particle. So the physics of proton radiation is a little bit different, and it leads to different effects inside the human body. And so with that, how is it different than than standard
0: radiation? Sure. Because I had standard radiation, and a lot of it. (laughs) And (laughs) And my left lung, my lower left lung, is basically cooked. I was deemed inoperable. Mm -hmm. Instead of removing my lung, they decided to cook it with radiation. What's the delta?
1: Sure. With regular radiation or x-ray based radiation, what happens is just like the way you think of an x-ray, when we shoot a beam of radiation at you, it travels through your body all the way through and comes out the other side. And along the way, as it's traveling through your body, it is doing damage along the way, both to the tumor as well as to any normal tissues that it travels through. The difference between proton radiation is because it's a positively charged particle. So it goes into your body and it actually stops after a certain distance. Mm. So the major difference is really that it does not come out the other side. We say that there's no exit dose because it's not exiting out the other side of your body and so, in a lot of scenarios, it has the potential to hit the same target area as X-ray-based radiation, but hit less of the normal surrounding tissues, and so hopefully causing less damage and less toxicity to you.
0: Is one more effective than the other at destroying these tumors? Could that
1: is a good question. So, what I, tip, what I tell patients is, your cancer is going to end up seeing the exact same amount of radiation, because that's our goal. We're going to give the exact same amount of radiation to the cancer... But with proton radiation, we could potentially give less radiation to everything that's not cancer. So, for your situation, for example, potentially less radiation to the normal lung that's not cancer, less radiation to the heart, less radiation to the esophagus, less radiation to the spine. So, basically, just all the normal tissues that are surrounding your cancer that we would ideally like to not treat with radiation.
0: Would it be classified as a precision medicine? <laughs>
1: That is certainly the goal. The ideal in radiation treatment for a radiation oncologist is always 100% radiation to the cancer, zero percent radiation to the rest patient. of the body. Right. That's the ideal. We haven't quite been able to achieve that, but I think we've come, we've we've gotten better in the way that we're doing a better, better job of getting the radiation we need to the tumor without giving too much radiation to the rest of the body. So improving the safety of radiation treatment.
0: Got it, and how long has proton therapy been in existence?
1: Yeah, so it was technically, it was FDA approved as a form of radiation treatment that can be given to patients back in 1988. So it's been around for a long time. It was around even before that in a more research-based setting. Our center up in Seattle has been open since 2013. We've been treating patients for that long. Well, that probably explains why I didn't get treated there, because mm-hmm, I was treated mm-hmm, in 2008. Mm-hmm. But I th- it sounds like it was a good idea not to wait
0: <laughs> to treat
1: you. So. <laughs> yeah,
0: you're mm-hmm. probably not too <laughs> far off on that one. With what you're sharing about this and how it's novel and it's unique, is it experimental? I mean, is it like a clinical trial with radiation, or I mean, is it...
1: It's not. A lot of the effects, the biology effects in tissue are quite similar to regular radiation. So I think I was saying that your cancer is going to see the same amount of radiation. We believe that the ability to kill the cancer will be the same. But because there's less radiation to the parts of the body that are not cancer, we believe that in certain situations it will cause less side effects as a result of the radiation treatment.
0: That's a big thing. Yeah. I had quite a few side effects from radiation treatment, just so you know. I had to go on prednisone for a while. I got an infection. By the oh, and the mm-hmm. other thing, I love this one. When I met with the radiologist and he was walking me through this, at, this was at the UW Medical Center, and I was about to start my treatment, my radiology treatment. He says, "Just as a sidebar, I just need you to know this might cause cancer."
1: Ha ha ha, 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 ha uh, You know, I it had is true. At, and I yes. had look at uh, him and go, uh, uh,
0: "Well, uh. excuse me, <laughs> you're <laughs> treating my cancer, but it might cause." Okay, good to know.
1: It's an interesting thing because we know that when you have cancer, we do all sorts of horrible things to you. You've probably heard your oncologist say to you, chemotherapy is essentially poison. We are burning you with the radiation treatment. You know, surgery is not benign either. We're cutting your body open, not things that we ordinarily do to healthy people. But I think the goal of all of this is that we're going to kill the cancer and hopefully not kill you in the process of doing so. And so I think when we talk about different kinds of radiation, there's what we technically consider to be safe, meaning we know that radiation is not good. We know that there's a whole principle called ALARA, as low as reasonably achievable, that there is no safe amount of radiation to give people. We always want it to be as low as possible. But at the same time, we also know it's not possible to treat a cancer without giving some radiation to the parts of your body that are not cancer. Right. And so there are going to be things that we consider, okay, it's probably safe to give radiation to some parts of your lung, even though you probably heard there's a chance that this could make you breathe not as well, that you could end up on prednisone, which it sounds like you did because of the trouble breathing caused by the radiation. Yeah. I mean, I had an
0: infection and my doctor said, this is serious. This could kill you. So, we have to get it, we have to take it on very aggressively here. And believe me, for anybody that's never been on prednisone, it is a steroid. I think maybe some people have heard that some people have been taking steroids on for COVID. It does have mind altering aspects to it, at least it sure did for me. Yeah. Oh, and I think I gained 40 pounds in about an hour and a half. (laughs)
1: So, other than that... Unfortunately, none of that are surprising to hear. One question I often get asked is, is proton therapy worth it for me? Is it better? And I think that's often a complicated question to answer because we assume that less radiation to your body must be better. One would think. But I think, you know, sometimes the question is, when they ask, is it worth it, that's more of a question of value. How much better is it? Is it worth it for me to get the treatment? And that's a tough question to answer. There's no doubt that there's a small group of patients out there where it's actually not possible for them to get radiation unless it's with protons. Meaning, if they were tried to be treated with x ray based radiation, it would be very unsafe because it's just too much radiation to the normal parts of their body. But a much larger group of patients probably are in a situation where we consider it safe. To treat you with X-ray based radiation, just like you, you mm-hmm. were treated with X-ray based radiation. We consider it safe to do so. You're still here with I mean, us. I was just so. saying it worked. I mean, I'm not. I'm definitely not poo-pooing it because right. But, but if we were to treat for a lot of patients with lung, uh, advanced lung cancer that involves the middle of the chest, if we treat them with proton radiation, we will probably end up giving less radiation to the lungs and less radiation to the heart. Right, right. Would that have made a difference to you specifically? We'll never be able to go back in time I was and say, know I'm
0: down the road because I do still have some challenges recently right. with all this incredibly good air we've had. I've
1: <laughs> definitely <laughs> um,
0: been hampered. Just so you know.
1: So I think you know, for medical studies, we're always looking at big groups of patients, right? Like a hundred people compared against another hundred people. But it's hard to answer for each particular person. If I could go back in time and we were around and we treated with proton radiation, could you have avoided the prednisone? Could you have avoided the infection? It's hard to know that specifically for each one individual person. Right.
0: Everybody's cancer is unique. We're all individuals.
1: That's right. We're going to talk about which cancers
0: proton therapy is best suited to treat. If I recall, Meredith was telling me that the next closest proton therapy that I wanted to go to, I'd have to go to Arizona.
1: (laughs) Yes, we are the only proton center in the Pacific Northwest. Utah in South Lake City is constructing a center as well. So they will be operational in the near future. And then there are two proton therapy centers in Southern California. And then there's one in Arizona, Loma Linda, okay. and then San Diego. Those okay. are those are the two facilities. And so, yes, you would have to travel quite a bit of distance <laughs> to find another facility. So how many proton therapy centers are there? Sure. So when mm-hmm. we opened in 2013, we were the 10th proton center to open in the country. At this moment, there are about over 30 centers okay. operating around the United States. They tend to be heavily concentrated on the East Coast, so okay. we're, we're much more sparsely.
0: And then is it safe to say they're typically aligned with academia cancer treatment centers?
1: That's right. They all have proton centers affiliated with them.
0: There's a pretty good testimonial for you right there. There you go. Let's get into the types of cancers? Because I know you don't treat them all. If someone were to get diagnosed
1: with mostly solid tumor, is that correct? Correct. It, as you said, everyone's situation is different. Mm-hmm. So it would be rare for us to treat a patient with leukemia, for okay. example. We actually do treat patients with lymphoma. But the first question usually I would ask is, do you need radiation treatment? Right. Because there are many different ways to treat cancer. Not everyone needs radiation. But if you need radiation treatment and there's concern about what are going to be the side effects of the radiation treatment, then it may be worth considering proton radiation and whether it could decrease the risk of those side effects.
0: When I first learned about this, I spoke with my the chief of staff nurse at Seattle Cancer Care Alliance. She mentioned to me, she goes, and the thoracic is thoracic neck and head. She says, we, we do more of that with neck and head, not as much in the lung."
1: So can you expound upon that a little bit? Sure. Proton therapy has been FDA approved since the 1980s. And the earliest patients that were treated were a lot of children with cancer because Mm -hmm. we understood that radiation is bad, certainly for adults, but especially for children because they're still developing. And many of them will go on to live another 60, 70 years. And as you were told by your doctor, radiation can cause cancer. So... Probably we're more concerned about that for a 10-year-old child than someone who's older. And so there's a lot of experience in treating pediatric cancers, and there's a lot of experience treating brain tumors, spine tumors, a lot of precious real estate, as you may imagine, in those where even protecting a little bit could potentially lead to a big difference in terms of your functional outcomes and quality of life. So, I mean, again, thinking about
0: your brain, Mm -hmm. fairly important aspect of our everyday life, (laughs) and... If you're getting just normal radiation and it's just kind of going throughout your entire, the whole head, Mm -hmm. as opposed to doing this more Mm precision-targeted, what would be a brain tumor case where it's not applicable?
1: It started being used in patients who were likely to be cured and live for a long time. The reason why are you treating children? Well, they're likely to be cured and they're going to live another 60 years, so you want to protect as much brain as possible, but you can argue that less side effects is better regardless of how much time you have left. And so we treat quite a very, we treat a large variety of solid tumors at the center. Um, Brain tumors is a large, is a big group of patients. We also treat a lot of throat, head and neck kinds of cancers. You can imagine that there, there's a lot of challenges with mouth sores, burning of kind of the mouth and trouble swallowing and painful swallowing when you're getting radiation treatment. And with proton radiation, It's possible that we could cause less of that burn to a smaller area so that you have less trouble swallowing. You're less likely to need a feeding tube, less pain, less dry mouth, that sort of kind of side effects. I think we already talked about that for treating the chest. For example, lung cancer, we could potentially treat less lung and less heart. And so there's also the esophagus in the chest. Um, We also are treating a fair number of patients with breast cancer. When you're treating breast cancer, including the lymph nodes in the area. I was going to say, metastatic? Not so much metastatic, but metastatic to the lymph nodes. So okay. you know, then you're forced to treat a bigger area of the chest, and the breast sits right outside of your lungs and right in front of your heart. And so, a lot of patients with breast cancer will live for decades after. So you don't want to cause an increased risk of heart disease 20 years down the road. And then in the pelvis, we're doing prostate cancer. That's certainly a large population that we're treating, and we treat. Or we're starting to treat more and more patients with colorectal and anal cancer as well. So, really? and then. Okay. Certainly, I think liver is another one where you have a solid organ that's a precious real state. You want as much liver function as you can preserve. Right. And so those are kind of the usual patients. And hopefully, I'm not forgetting any large groups of patients. And my apologies to no, them no, if no, I no. am. No, no, no.
0: That's yeah. fine. Um, well, I mean, I, the reason I ask about the brain, I, I have a friend who was diagnosed earlier this year, and he was being treated at... A facility besides Seattle Cancer Care Alliance. I talked to Meredith first and I said, I've got this patient and I'd like doctor to at least consider looking at proton therapy based upon a little bit that I know. His doctor was familiar with your facility and he did not want to go there. And I didn't push it. And my friend, mm. he just goes along with whatever his doctor tells him. He is still with us, but he's got a brain tumor that they said is never going to go away. Mm. So even though they gave him chemo and radiation. Let's talk about the financial aspect of this. Sure. With with you telling me that this is cutting edge, bleeding edge, Mm -hmm. typically whenever I hear that, it means I've got to mortgage the house and and, (laughs) get rid of the car and everything else. Is it safe to say that proton therapy is more expensive to treat?
1: You're correct. Proton therapy is a more expensive treatment because it costs more to build the center and it costs more to run the center, actually. Usually, for regular radiation, X-ray based radiation treatment, you buy the machine, and if the machine breaks down, then you call for, you know, onsite. You call the help. manufacturer. So I'd like you, my You money call back. the engineer. So, <laughs> whereas for proton therapy, because the centers are very complex machinery, the cyclotrons, for example, we actually have an engineering team who is on site, essentially mm-hmm. 24/7, to help maintain the machine and keep it running. And so that all leads to a higher cost for treatment. We're certainly very cognizant of the fact that you have to have value in healthcare. If you're going to cost more, you need to prove that you're worthy of that cost. And those are a lot of the studies that are happening right now in proton radiation trying to show, yes, we're showing you that there's less radiation to the body. But what does that translate into? Does that translate into better lung function for you? Does that translate into better cognition, better memory for someone with a brain tumor? You can't p- put Does- a price on that one, can you? Yes, you can, <laughs> <laughs> apparently. So, so I think that's a lot of the studies that are ongoing. And I think our goal is we are the only proton center in the Pacific Northwest. And so we want to be a resource to our community. We partner very much with many oncology physicians around the area, as well as many physicians in general, because our goal is to be available. And not everyone needs proton radiation, but I think our goal is to try to figure out who does need proton radiation.
0: And you just bring up a really good thing here, and it kind of goes back to what I was talking about, this doctor saying no. How many doctors know that you guys do what
1: you do? <laughs> Hopefully more now than did back in 2013 when we okay. first opened. So We're trying to educate both the medical Outreach. community. Okay. And I do think that as more proton facilities are available around the country, that's kind of an educational process that's happening nationally as well. It's a question I get asked by my patients all the time Is it worth it for me to come to you? Right. And that's an individual conversation. I have had 80 year old patients that say, Hey, look, I hear you. You're saying that this is going to be better for me, but I got to drive two hours a day each right. way to get to you versus I can get treated with regular radiation. 10 minutes from my house. So you tell me, is it worth it or not? That's a challenging conversation. Yeah.
0: I would be curious to know when you're looking at this, thinking about from a financial standpoint, and I'll just give you a little, again, a little bit of a backstory. And this is when I met your team in the first place. I was going back to Washington, D.C. to do some advocacy work on Capitol Hill. And I met with Patty Murray. I met with Maria Cantwell. I met with Susan Delbeni and a host of others. In fact, Susan Delbeni is going to be on here next week. But we weren't there because I was there with the National Cancer Coalition Society. We were stumping for Medicare to continue funding certain radiation aspects because mm-hmm. they were looking at cutting it out at the time. Sure. Proton therapy was on the list. Mm-hmm. And I spoke with your team. In fact, I met with the CEO and Meredith and a host of others and went back, met with your PR firm. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, it got turned around.
1: So can you care to share a little bit about that? Part of my job as the medical director of our proton center that I want to make sure the therapy is available for the patients that need it, that we're still around. And so that's one of the challenges we're facing, which is it costs more to operate a proton center. It costs more to build a proton center. Therefore, we have to charge more in order to treat patients with proton therapy. Right now, the proposal is that radiation treatments will be reimbursed irrespective. Of what kind? So proton radiation payments will be the same as regular radiation payments, mm. which then makes it very difficult to continue to be able to offer proton right. therapy. We certainly understand that you have to prove value, but that's one of the things that we're trying to look at as you alluded to. What is the dollar amount of better breathing for you? What is the dollar amount of better memory? And not even the quality of life aspects, but I think you and I had mentioned that there was a fascinating pilot study out of MD Anderson looking at patients with head and neck tumors who often have trouble swallowing and needing feeding tubes after treatment. And what they found was that when they looked at the total cost of caring for the patient, meaning not just the radiation, but all the doctor's visits, all the medications, all the procedures, tube fees, for example, when they look at all of that together, proton radiation actually could be less expensive than regular radiation because when you cause less side effects. Total outcome.
0: Can't quite put a price on me being able to remember how to get to my kitchen and back, and not to mention being able to breathe to get there.
1: Sure, of course. But
0: I want to thank you deeply for being, this has been extremely interesting. I wish you nothing but success. Most of all, if you're a patient or know a patient, be sure to look into proton therapy. At least get a second opinion.
1: Thank you so much for helping to spread the word.
0: You betcha. Thank you.